Hi, this is Bay and Grace. You're listening to our Chinese and English Journey podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us, Christine Tu. Christine is 17 years old and a rising senior in high school. Christine's father, Oliver, who is very passionate about Chinese and English learning, famously blogged about Christine and her sister's bilingual journey. We're excited to have Christine with us to share her perspectives and learn all about the challenges and rewards with this journey. It is also fitting to do this episode in both Chinese and English to give our listeners a little preview and motivation what 10 to 15 years may look like if you maintain dedication and consistency with the bilingual journey. With that, I'll hand it over to Grace, who will start our episode in Chinese. Thank you, Bei. Hello, I'm Grace. 今天很荣幸的邀请到 Christine 到我们这边分享她一路走来的双语历程。我一开始想要先感谢 Christine 在这么忙碌的高中课业之外，还愿意来我们这边一起录音。那最一开始，我想请 Christine 先简短啊、呃、介绍自己。嗯啊、呃，大家好，我是 Christine Tu， 中文名字是杜雨辰。非常谢谢呃这 podcast 请我来说话。那我呃今年我今年十一年级，刚变十七岁。我是在美国土生土长的。我从小住在北卡的乡下，差不多就是在荒郊野外那里。然后我二零一七年搬到乔治亚州，搬到亚特兰大附近，现在住在 Johns Creek。那嗯，我平常在。学校的话，平常我喜欢参加一些关于医疗或者对于科学有关的社团。在课外，我还有参加一个台湾侨务委员会他们有办的一个，呃，就是青年的青年志工活动，叫海外青年志工，英文叫 FASCA。所以在里面，我也有认识很多不同的台湾小孩子。然后我额外我很喜欢打中文辩论，但我现在已经差不多退休了，有空就会去帮助一些呃。现在新的学生，然后我自己最喜欢做的东西，像就是不是在念书或上课的时候，就是跳舞。我很喜欢跳 ，like 街舞啊 ，K-pop 那样子。所以 ，Yeah， 嗯、um, ，谢谢 Christine。嗯、um, ，我想我们的听众都很熟悉你爸爸 Oliver 的部落格，里面有很详细的描述你和你姐姐成长的就是经历。那如果现在往回看，你觉得为什么你爸妈有特别希望你的中文跟英文都啊、呃、都非常流利呢？呃，我相信大部分爸妈的原因也都差不多，他们就是希望他们的小孩子会说中文，一就是可以跟他们的阿公阿妈爷爷奶奶就是沟通，然后第二就是我爸非常注重中文。其实我有问他，那他说哦，因为我是小留学生，他差不多是十一岁出来的，我爸妈都是小留学生。然后他说他自己中英文都会讲，所以他说那你应该也应该应该可以啊。然后最重要的就是中文，其实对于小孩子说，特别是现在这个时代，中文是一个是个工具，真的。不管你或你上班啊，或者是你就是你申申请大学，其实中文这个用处是非常大的。然后我爸爸他也知道这件事情，所以他也就是非常的努力，让我们可以说流利的中文。那嗯，我觉得在我在我家庭内比较是我爸爸在推的，我妈妈。他自然也蛮关心的，但就是他们结婚之后，好像就决定 ，OK， 爸爸负责这个，因为爸爸对中文教学是很有，就很有
呃非非常想要去做的事情，所以大部分就是我爸爸在负责呃教我们中文和跟我们做中文活动，然后我们就家里就是全部都讲中文，所以我我觉得原因差不多应该是这个。哦，太好了，因为我们其实很就是很有兴趣知道说，以你的角度来看，你爸爸到底是怎么想？因为我们所有看到的都是你你爸爸写的，在布洛格写的文章，所以很高兴你你你自己也有同样的体悟。那想要问问看说，说你还记得在几岁的时候，你已经可以意识到你可以很轻松的，就是啊换、呃、使用中文和英文，然后。对于你看，现在中文、英文都这么流利的时候，你还你还记得你当时有什么样的感觉吗？呃，我认为说我知道，就是大部分的爸妈可能都是小孩子先教他们小孩子中文，或者是同时教，但自然小时候就得先开始呃中文当母语嘛，所以小时候我都是先学中文的，所以在我的记忆中，我小时候都是在讲中文，影片里都是在讲中文，所以我。呃，我的英文应该就是我开始去上幼稚园或者是 daycare。我小时候其实因为爸爸妈妈他们都是医生，所以我跟我姐姐很小就被送到就是儿儿外的 daycare， 就早就是早上会被送去，然后下午再接回来。那那里的老师们也也都是在在里面讲英文啊，所以就是这个我开始上学之后，开始上小学呃 pre-k， 就是逐渐的就开始学英文。所以我的英文也不是爸爸教的，就完全就是美国的学校教的嘛。所以就是开始学之后，就自然可以轻松轻松转换了。但就是，也就是我爸爸很喜欢推的，好像就是小时候就是得 like 百分呃三分之二都得像用中文，然后来什么的。我知道他会这么讲，但就是回家之后就得全部都讲中文，暑假也都要讲中文，因为都在家里，然后又要回台湾嘛。那嗯，我爸爸他喜欢的就是说需要在。美国就是需要把美国当成台湾似的，所以你一回家就感觉像你在台湾。我知道，我听过你这个呃 podcast， 其他的就是不同不同的爸爸妈妈，他们也会讲，他们可能会家里就是都有中文字啊。像我记得我家门上都会贴一个字，会写门，然后衣橱就会贴衣橱嘛。然后以前读的书，然后也全部都是从台湾带带来的那些呃书啊，然后。我爸爸给我的教材也都是我以前去台湾上小学时会呃带回来的课本，所以我知道很多爸妈可能会用像 Sagebrook 或那些书，我有听到，但我用的课本都是台湾他们的那些教材。我认为说，嗯，最呃年纪也就是差不多，从小到大就是双两个语言都会讲，因为对我来说也不是个选择，来就是很自然的。哦，去学校讲英文，然后回家就讲中文，然后就一一回家就是哦，爸爸好，然后如果讲英文，爸爸会说我听不懂，你可以用教用中文讲。所以，然后我可能会跟我姐姐，我们小时候也都都是讲中文，因为我爸爸他知道说他是我姐姐比我大三岁，他现在在大学。那我姐姐她就是爸爸非常努力的，刚开始把姐姐的中文弄得比英文还好，因为他知道他们要生老二的时候，老二。一定需要跟老大讲话嘛，那就是一定需要用中文讲话，不然的话，这老二也不会讲中文。毕竟如果姐妹都是用英文的话，那在家在家里的情况也就是很难补回来了。所以我姐姐的小时候中文就是非常好，英文就是慢一点，但那个也没关系。然后之后我就是会跟姐姐在就在就在家里就是全部都是讲中文的，呃，所以差不多是这样子。但对我来说，嗯。
刚开始是蛮难的，因为我我们两个，我跟我姐英文就是刚开始都都会比较困难一点，特别去市区上学的时候，像可能就是拿拿 B 啊那样子，我我是拿 B 的，姐姐可能比我好一点，不，嗯，但就是小时候都去学校，然后会讲英文，然后可能就是都可以跟其他人沟通，英文好好的，但可能就考试上，像特别是 vocabulary， 我 vocabulary 不太好，就是比较差一点。但那是因为我不喜欢念书，我姐姐很喜欢念书，所以她的英文非常好。那我的就是比她慢很多，但那其实也没关系。呃，对于现在的爸妈，他们可能也知道学校的 AP 课，我也都上那个 AP Lane， 也有上 AP Lit， 就是他们最高提供的英文，然后成绩也都好好的。所以啊，他们对我来说，这全部都是可以补回来的。那最后一个想啊，我想问的问题是。你是到现在这个年纪才觉得说，哦，中文其实真的还蛮有用处，对你还蛮好的，啊、呃，在你在小的时候，假如说大概是国小三四年级或者是五六年级的时候，是不是有一段比较挣扎的时候？就意思就是说，啊、呃，你会觉得中文其实是没有什么用的，尤其在你住的地方，其实根本除了在家里之外都没有办法使用这个语言。那当时的你，我不知道你还记不记得那是什么样子的感觉？嗯，对我来说，呃，老实说，对于我自己来说，我从来没有有累不想要学中文的感觉。可能就是爸爸给我提供的这个环境，就是说中文是很重要的，你的生活就是需要使用中文，所以我从来没有感觉说。哎，我不想讲中文，就有时候可能会爸爸会说，哦，需要念课本什么的，我会啊，我不要念，但就 like 就都是得用的。然后就是我之前讲过，说中文其实是个用，呃，是个工具。那大部分的小孩子，我知道很多爸爸妈妈他们的小孩子可能都年纪比较小一点，但当你的小孩子中文到某一个程度的时候，就使用的可以够好的话，他们自己也会发现，哎，中文是非常有用处的。那我可能就是这几年，特别就是开呃疫情之后，就我开始上高中之后，呃，我中文程度也够好了，那我就呃。大大部分的高中生，他们每每天都在想，哦，我要怎么进大学？然后我也就在想，哎呀，我要怎么进大学？后来我就开始中文辩论，我跟我我爸爸跟姐姐，我们开始就 CDI Chinese Debate International 开始我们的中文辩论的这个呃的过程。那嗯，开始打中文辩论之后，我就发现到，哎 ，like 这个很有用处，我就。可以，我也可以用中文辩论去申请大学啊。所以对于我自己来说，我就会一直想要去去用中文，去用中文，因为我知道这个对我来说非常重要的。如果我以后可以用这个去申请大学，是对我非常有用处的。然后小时候的话，可能比较就是，呃，我可能会回台湾呐、啊，然后可能会跟爷爷奶奶去散步，然后他们会看到他们的朋友，他们会说：“哦，这是我的孙，我的呃孙娜。”那什么用台语说这种孙娜哦，他会讲中文呐、啊，然后他的朋友都会说哦，你孙女好厉害哦什么的，然后然后就很长就会是那样子，然后很多爸妈都会呃说哦，我们中文好厉害，然后我也知道我爸爸又写他的 blog， 然后他会跟我说哦，我有 like 好，他还会说哦，我有这个 blog 啊，然后 like 有可能七千个人也会看。看你们会讲中文，他们觉得酷。也不他他不是这么讲了，本来我我也我自己会感觉说，哦，就是我这样这样子，这样很很特别啊。我 like 我想要有这个能力啊，所以就是从小到大，我都会就是以以这个为荣，就是哦，我的中文蛮厉害的。那我觉得对于其他家庭来说，很重要的就是说，他们爸妈得呃，就是把中文弄的呃，就是得
变成更高的一个就 priority， right？ 因为我知道，呃，很多人都阿明爸妈他们呃注重什么，当然都不一样。那中文自然就是，如果中文需要教的呃程度比较好的话，自然是得呃你需要花很多时间的嘛，非常非常难的，非常。花很多钱，花更花很多时间嘛。那像我爸爸他，他他跟我说，我问他，哎，你觉得你为什么成功？那他就说，因为我从小我就是最注重中文。我知道很多小孩子，他们可能从小他们就在开始 like 拉小提琴啊，或者是就整天在去打网球啊什么的，他们就弄得非常好。因为他们爸妈觉得说，在现在的呃就是竞争竞争力就是很高嘛，你要申请大学，那我要我的小孩子像很会拉小提琴。所以他们可能就会从小到大都会一直去教教他们小孩子去像苦练这个，那我爸爸就没有。像小时候我们可能就我们没有特别就是专注于其他的活动，大部分就是在用中文，每天都在都在训练中文。我然后就我们也是就自己在家每每天都在跟做跟中文有有关的东西嘛。因为我爸爸他跟我说，我的孙子会不会小提琴跟你会不会小提琴没有关系，所以你可以不用会，那我的孙子还是可以学。但我的孙子要会中文，你就一定需要会中文。我大部分情况嘛，就是爸妈讲中文会让几率高很多嘛，所以他说这是我注重的，所以我就要花时间，呃，把这个把这个放在你身上。然后就是额外之后，我觉得很多爸妈他们可能就不太会注重中文教学，因为他们也认为说，哦，我小孩子现在。他们也是美国人呐、啊，他们在美国生活也不太会用到中文，然后对申请大学也没有什么用处。你会多讲个语言，来、like, ，你以后工作也跟这个没关系。我了解，嗯、但就是说很多情况下，呃，就是会是因为那样子，爸妈就不太会注重。那我爸爸他就是找到办法可以把中文教学变成一个课外活动，因为他们其他的爸妈就是想要小孩子去学课外活动嘛。嗯、那我们就通过中文辩论啊，通过我们的家庭乐团都是唱中文歌，我们。就是同时可以练中文，可以听，就是特别是辩论，因为辩论你需要听对方，你需要自己会说，你需要会打字，你需要会打稿，然后你还学，就是听说读写全部都在一起嘛。所以就是你同时可以训练中文，你也同时可以去跟其他的国家的人比赛，台湾、马来西亚、大陆全部都有嘛。所以就是一个很好的课外活动，然后你又可以练习中文。所以特别是在像国中、高中那时段，你需要找办法把中文变成一个。变成一个你以后可以，你可以实质上你可以运用的活动的话，这样子对于小孩子跟爸妈的呃他们的动力就会多很多。这就我认为说爸妈得找到的，因但我爸之前他当然他也不知道，哎，以后我要的女儿去我我要我的小孩子去打中文辩论，但我但我觉得之前他有弄那个 family band， 也就是因为他想找办法可以呃就是一箭一箭双雕嘛，就同时可以练中文，同时可以用课外活动。像辩论，本来我也不想打的。我爸跟我说：“哦，有个人找找你打中文辩论。”然后我就在那边哭，我说：“我不要打中文辩论，因为我觉得很奇怪。”我说：“没有人打中文辩论的。”后来我爸爸就说：“不，你一定需要打，一定需要去弄。”然后我就在那边哭，我说：“我不要。”但幸好我爸爸有叫我做。因为真的像我超感谢他的，因因为后来我就是通过中文辩论有去有就花很多时间，然后成果也有就是呃也也有出来嘛，所以非常感谢他。但就我认为说就是得嗯呃把这个呃就是得把中文就是学习嘛，就需要呃花花很多的时间，然后你就是得知道说你注重什么事情。
Thank you so much for that. Wow, we're going to do a switch over to English. I hope that's okay with you, Christine. Um, so in sort of, can you just describe a little bit about your phases in regards to your Chinese journey, especially how you balance Chinese learning with school and other interests? And I know you talked a little bit about the re, um, challenges and resistance in the phases um, with Grace's question in Chinese, but if you You can repeat some of that English for some of our English listeners. That'd be great if you can kind of do it in an elementary phase, middle school phase, and then high school phase. Okay, yeah, thank you. So I feel like in elementary school, um, mainly, so my sister and I, we were actually homeschooled for, I believe, a year and a half or just one year. Uh, for me, it was my first grade. And for my sister, I believe it was third or fourth grade. But during that year, we were homeschooled actually because my dad felt my sister's Chinese and English were both lacking behind a little just because the balance was kind of more emphasized on Chinese and she was struggling in elementary school. So he pulled us, but he pulled us to go home and we'd homeschool for a year. And it was during that time that my Chinese actually improved a lot, just both of ours, and we were able to catch up a bit more. And it was actually because of the homeschool year once we returned to actual public school or we went to a private school. But I actually was able to skip a grade. I skipped second grade when I was still back in North Carolina. But just that time, uh, we were able to kind of grind out both languages. And um, Caroline definitely, uh, both of us actually struggled a lot more in our elementary years, just especially as I mentioned before with vocabulary, because we just didn't really have, we didn't read that many English books and we didn't like have the practice. So it was definitely a bit harder during that time, but my dad knew like he was, he knew we would catch up eventually. And um, I, during my elementary years, I was mainly uh, using Chinese through Manhua and just watching C dramas. So my sister, it really depends on the kid, and every parent probably knows this. But just depending on your child, the the methods they use to learn and they find joy in learning Chinese and their phases are all different, right? So my sister loves reading a lot more than I do. I really disliked reading. But I really liked watching TV and she she didn't like that, right? So I watched like every single C drama that was on Netflix and just I had a very big liking for. the like ancient Chinese ones and like every single day at like eight or whatever my dad and I would sit down we would watch like an episode of this of C dramas right so like like all of those I've watched all of them so my dad and I would just watch all of those every single night and that really lasted from like when I was maybe in like early elementary all the way until like late middle school like that was kind of like my dad and I's thing because we both liked it so that was how we found found joy and kind of just how we uh how I would uh learn a lot of my Chinese and then I also read a lot of manhua because my dad knew that like your child had to find joy through Chinese and I really liked reading just manga like during dinner time whatever and my dad brought would bring like suitcases of them from Taiwan so we have a lot upstairs like we have all of those and Mandarin so that was how I practiced reading a lot and for my sister she would read a lot of Chinese novels and just like um the English novels that would be translated into Chinese. So like Divergent or like there's like this Queen series. She read like most of them, right? So that was how she really got her reading and her uh, Chinese on, uh, on a higher level while I was mainly through like TV. Uh, so it really depends on the kid, right? So during elementary school, um, 
that was maybe more late elementary kind of when it started early elementary I don't recall much of but it was more just like textbook material practicing with my dad so my sister and I we've only gone to Chinese school like we went for like maybe a year at most when we were when we were still like really little and then I did go for like a year I believe when I first moved here just because my dad wanted me to learn a bit of simplified because on the AP exam there, there would probably be simplified so I learned that for a year but then I eventually left but uh, we never really went to Chinese school so like in our early years it would just we would just practice at home because um the leveling for us in our Chinese school it was a bit too slow for us so we just decided my dad just decided to do it at home and a lot of it was just I'm trying to remember but most of it was just us in our home practicing um I've I remember you guys have mentioned it in other other podcasts but you guys were trying to find like people you're um, kids could interact with in Mandarin. I know the purpose of a lot of the summer camps was for uh, just so your, your kids could talk to other people in Mandarin. So my dad also tried to find different friends for us. But as those work out, we would just end up speaking English, right? <laughs> so he eventually just, just like gave up and we kind of just kept to ourselves and our homes. And then we would just learn through our textbooks um, the main thing I remember was my dad really liked to uh, make us read the Kowen, like the um, like the class like readings, and he would just like make us keep on like reading it like ten times, no whole like like and then like repeat it, or you had to just do it without chewing. Like first you would have chewing, and then he would like cover the chewing and then read it without the the help, right? So most it he told me that it doesn't matter what you're reading, it's just are you like reading it enough so that you can like uh, recognize the characters very well, right? And then during this period, we also didn't really practice writing. I can write the basics, but I can barely write at all. He focused more time on reading. That's also a reason I believe uh, my dad didn't send us to Chinese school because Chinese school kind of standardizes Chinese learning. So you learn through tests and like you have to be able to like write all these characters, they'll test you and and then so but then the thing is that in real life there aren't any of these tests like as long as you can use it through like conversational or like reading the newspaper then it's fine right my dad's Chinese isn't even that good so he was like it's okay if my kids can't write which turned out absolutely fine so he focused more on the reading aspect that that's why we can uh that's why we can we have very high level reading proficiency so uh, throughout our early years, that was just kind of what we did. It was mainly just um, in our, by ourselves. And then another thing to mention was every single summer, we would go back to Taiwan, like most families do uh, when they have the time, obviously. But it would be from like mid to late May to late June, we would be in Taiwan. And my parents enrolled us in an elementary school there so my parents my mom lived in Taichung we would usually spend time with our my mom's side in Taichung for most of the time because our school was there so my grandma had connections with like the principal there and she asked oh can my granddaughters enroll here for a month and they they said okay it was a public school and it wasn't that good of a school actually it was one of the poorer schools of the region but my dad was like that's fine it's better for my kid because it's still going to be really hard for us no matter what. So it made us, it made it a little bit easy for easier for us, I assume. And that was such a good experience. Like I really wish that experience made me wish I would be able to, I, I had the chance to do middle school or even high school in Taiwan. 
it was seriously so fun and it's always like been on the back of my head which is all why during college if I can I really wanted to maybe study abroad in Taiwan just like that student experience right that's what I remember most of the time and then we, we would just go to school interact with the kids there it was always during Timoka final seasons too so we would take the finals with them and I would score like a 50 on Chinese and then the teacher would be like and then my grandma, I would bring him out to my grandma and she was like, it's okay. You're like, you're the, like, you're the best. You're the worst one. It is fine. You're still first place. And then like, I would score like 70. I mean, math was easier, but like, I would score like the worst in the class and everyone would know, but like, it's fine. But just the kids there, they were so friendly and like, they would be like, Ooh, you're American. That's so cool. And then like, they, abs- they, they were so nice and everyone just wanted to be, to be friends with me. So that was such a nice experience. And I actually, I attended, I believe from pre-K to fourth grade there, I would go back every single summer for a month. And it was in the same school, right? So I every single year, I would just be in a floor higher because it was first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, each had a full higher floor, right? And then I would be with the same kids and like, I would be put in a class where my best friend in Taiwan would be. So every single summer, I would be able to see her and everything. And my sister also did, did the same thing, I believe, all the way to sixth grade. She went to um this Chinese learning camp for like the the foreign kids who wanted to come here for a month for fifth grade, I believe, but it, it didn't work out that well for her because most of the kids just spoke English there. So my dad decided to not go there again, but that was what we, what we would do every single summer in our elementary phases. And then we would like go to school for a month and then hang out with my grandpa in Taipei for maybe like a week or two and hang out with my cousins and everything. So it was on. So Taiwan is literally like my second home. I know like where the Yishi is. I know the night markets. I know my way around and everything. So it's, so it's so familiar to my my sister and I because we would just go back there every single summer and then once we got into middle school I actually did not go back sixth grade summer eighth grade summer ninth grade summer nor 10th grade summer because of COVID and then sixth and eighth grade we kind of just got busy I did go back seventh grade summer but that was only for a week and a half at most because we went back to compete in our first debate Chinese debate competition so I barely got time to look around Taiwan but it was we just went there for the de- debate competition and then we had to go back um, like right after so I didn't so I basically didn't get to spend much time in Taiwan during then so in middle school I barely went back but it was still fine Oh, and another thing I would want to mention is I was also listening to other episodes and like, and then parents would talk about what their kids did in Taiwan. So like, besides going to school there for most of the years, there was one year I I remember very clearly that my dad took us to just explore Taiwan. So we didn't go to school that year. And then like, it was really funny because my dad would take us to all the like, like all the tourist attractions, the temples, food, and he would have like this map and like he mapped it all out. What was really funny is, before we got to actually explore the place he would print out like like an explanation of the place maybe it's history or what makes it different and or like what makes it special in mandarin we would have to like read it it would be like a page and he would be like how like you have to read this first and like make sure you know the material and then we'll go so like before we traveled we would always have to read like a page in chinese which was really funny but it on but it was his way of making sure we kind of knew the significance of it right so we went to like all the different tourist attractions and that was really fun for me um so yeah 
And then um, back to the topic of middle school. So during summer, we know ne- I never got to go back to Taiwan, especially because of COVID after, right? So it was during the middle school years, that was when I first moved to Atlanta. So I moved basically from the middle of nowhere in North Carolina to like right where everyone is in Georgia. When I moved here, there was like so many more like Asian people. I was like, whoa, I have, I've barely seen Koreans or like Indians in my life and they're all here right now. And then I got to kind of meet more Asian people. And it was during here that we had the chance to start our family band. And that's, we started that in eighth grade and it kind of lasted until I would say my, my eighth grade year because of COVID, we didn't have the chance to perform. But throughout my middle school years, um, we would just do that every single night. There would be like band practice. We got the whole family in and we would just practice different Chinese songs. So that was our way of incorporating Chinese into extracurricular and like fun activities. So, and that was also very like, fun for us because every time we performed my sister and I we would have to like go on stage and everyone would know who we are like people still are like "Ooh, when's the family band coming back and we're like not anymore because we stopped because my sister went to college so we're missing a member obviously but it was during that but that was kind of the main way we kept our Chinese in touch and especially because just life got a lot busier in middle school and then my sister was in high school right so we didn't have much time to practice our Chinese like I would say besides speaking at home that was kind of all, all we all we use but I our Chinese didn't really improve that much during that time period because it was already kind of stuck at like the sixth seventh eighth grade level which is definitely more than enough right but um just through the band we got to at least practice some of our Chinese and we would kind of talk to other of the like Taiwanese groups here and then during my seventh grade summer we started debate Chinese debate and then Personally, for me, because I my sister only got to do debate for around a year and a half, maybe, or two years, because she was older than me, and I got to do debate all the way from eighth grade till now, right? So it was kind of during debate, which uh, lasted throughout my entirety of high school, that I kind of realized oh my god, Chinese is so useful. Because we work with debate coaches from Taiwan. They're actually, a lot of them are from Dongwu Dashue. And they just kind of exposed me to like, like the levels that Mandarin can go to. Because what I speak with my, with my father is like very basic Chinese. And then I used to think of like, dad, your Chinese is so good. And then I met my debate coach. And he would like talk for like hours. And like his, this the wording and like the vibe. I'm just like, whoa. And I'm like, dad your Chinese is not good at all and he's like yeah you just noticed but like it was enough for me when I was little but like once I saw like what Taiwanese people could actually like speak out especially because they're debaters they have really good mastery of the tongue language right but after that I was like whoa and I kind of and I would just do debate a lot we would have a lot of um, online debate competitions it was perfect timing because of COVID and everything was online there will be online debate tournaments in Taiwan and in China and there's and there still are um but it was through that we would have like a tournament maybe twice a year uh, mainly during summer so I remember last year summer I was at my computer all day every day for like a month because we were preparing for a competition and it was called Xiamangbei and we actually won a few debates which is very shocking I mean, it's not shocking, but like, it's very hard to because a lot of our members are younger and they're just like your kids, right? They're still like really scared and they're kind of more unconfident because they don't know what to expect. And 
because just the people in Taiwan, they, 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 they're just so used to it. And we're kind of just like, like, I don't understand. But like, we won a few debates and we all got there. And I even won like best debater award like twice, which was so much hard work. But like, just through that, we were, I was able to kind of get stuff for my extracurricular list for college. And it was, we were able to like build a company together and actually reach so many people from around the world. We have like a lot of students now, right? So it was during my high school, middle school years, that was kind of how my Chinese improved more so I believe debate was the main form of kind of stepping my Chinese up from the basic just normal level that I would speak with my dad to a bit higher uh, elevated level and another thing to mention is during COVID my dad started listening to like uh, Taiwanese news shows because they have them on YouTube right like it's like it's broadcast in Taiwan they put it on YouTube and like the manner level on that is very hard for me actually and my dad just loves to listen to it just because politics and just like all the stuff that's happening in the world so like during when COVID started he would be like Christine let's watch these news in Chinese and I'll be like okay I, I still don't love it but like I feel like once your kid has a certain level of Chinese listening to those actually helps so much because you're able to learn more than just your normal Chinese level you can learn about politics technology there's so many different just like phrases that I didn't know and my dad always tried really hard to incorporate different types of like usages of Mandarin, just whether you're talking about politics, what's happening in the world, like debate, right? You're, you want your children to have that wide variety of ranges, hopefully in the future, so they can converse about other topics in Mandarin. So that was also something in my life that helped boost my personal Chinese level a lot. Wow, thank you so much for that. I, I did want to ask one question because you mentioned it in the um, when you were talking to Grace, you were not, you actually did not want to do debate and it turned out to be sort of a, a thing for you towards the end of it. Can you tell us, can you elaborate a little bit why you didn't want debate in the first place and why you were really upset and almost, I mean, basically crying sounds like. Um. I was like a very like rebellious child and like especially in middle school I had like the teen phase and like when my dad was like I think this is really cool and I was just it wasn't really the Chinese part it was just kind of the no one knew what it was it's never been introduced to America before and I was just like I don't want to do this because I had to like go to like I didn't really know much about it then because he kind of just told me about it he obviously knew he knew more than I did but I just wasn't really sure what it was and I was like I also didn't really want to do debate because I tried debate before in like middle school and it didn't really do much for me so I was like I didn't like it in English why would I like it in Chinese so but it wasn't really anything personal it wasn't I didn't want to do Chinese it was more just the activity just sounded weird to me and but my dad obviously knew better than I did and, and he knew it would be such a great opportunity for me which is why he made me do it but thank you dad <laughs> um so kind of moving on this kind of goes well with our next question in terms of what kept your interest in Chinese it sounds like definitely the trips back to Taiwan and you guys had a great opportunity especially with your school ending much earlier than sort of the east coast where we are school doesn't end till like mid-june to late june so you were able to take advantage of that opportunity watching tv shows seems like a thing for you as well and then the extracurricular activity which is the debate do you can you talk about like anything else that you would want to add to that that really helped you kind of maintain your chinese and really get you motivated i feel like the main thing is um more just like the chinese learning ecosystem that my dad 
at always praises but the main thing was just like throughout my throughout my childhood he aimed to have everything in mandarin right so i it wasn't necessarily interest it was just life like as i mentioned things in my house would have chinese labels we would only we would listen to jay cho and that's my favorite artist so we would listen to like chinese music we would do karaoke in chinese we would just go to chinese school just everything was in mandarin so it wasn't just it was just kind of how we were raised so personally like as like a, a someone who someone who's the the kid right not not the parent I feel like a lot of parents just maybe they think they don't want to like force their kids into it or anything but I feel like when the ecosystem is like large enough it's all the kid knows so I've never never really thought I don't want to learn Chinese it's just always been that been there for me like that was my life that was what, what I spoke to everyone right so that's just kind of what I was stuck with not not stuck with but that's just what I was used to and um, as you've mentioned, just um, my sister and I, we went to Taiwan a lot as children. My dad sent my sister back, I believe, when she was around six months to a year. And she would like spend like half a year in Taiwan, especially when she was like a child or like an infant. Right. And just get to like spend time with my grandparents and everything. And then we would just go back every single summer. So it was just like something that was like, oh, okay, summertime, time to go to Taiwan. Like whether we like it or not, like every single summer, my um, either my grandpa or grandma they would come to America and they would like take us back because we couldn't go on the planes ourselves or my parents would drop us off in Taiwan and then they would go back within a week and we would be like crying like don't leave but then one week later we would be so spoiled by our grandparents and like school would be so cool and fun and we're just like I don't want to go back so that's honestly kind of how, how my, my sister and I have always felt and um, I feel like just overall um, as I've mentioned, it's honestly different for every single kid and kind of what they like. It, I'm pretty sure every parent wants their kid to just find joy and joy in learning Mandarin, right? So it's just finding the, it's just really submerging themselves and everything that normal kids would like, right? So as I've mentioned, like TV, everything was in Mandarin. My dad would buy like every we have a whole stack of cds downstairs that he bought from taiwan so like totoro like how's moving castle all the studio jimmy movies or cartoons we have all the disney movies we have in the chinese version so we when i was little all of the movies we'd watched were in chinese and i would listen to like chinese cds before i was sleeping he would have like all the like small stories in mandarin we would listen to that to sleep he even so it was just everything was in Mandarin. So even after, as I grew older, I was like, oh, this is really useful. So just as your kid gets older, I ho hopefully everyone's kids will realize like your parents put in this much effort because they know it's good for you and like the things that will come out of it right in the future. And I really look forward to um, in the future, like hopefully my Mandarin will come in usage in the job industry or just um, just helping other people, right? So it's something that, um, I believe kids will eventually realize once they get older too. Great. Wow. So can you, so what advice, I guess, would you give to kids now learning Chinese? If you were to talk, let's say, give a TED talk to elementary kids or middle school kids. Honestly, that's a really hard question just because I'm not sure just how kids feel when they're learning Mandarin right now, but I feel like the main thing is just like they need to know just like the fun that can come out of it, right? Whatever you can do in English, you can also do in Mandarin. And 
knowing a second language is honestly really really cool and I feel like the more like um love and attention the kids get for being able to know their Mandarin they'll kind of also realize themselves like wow I'm so cool I'm like bilingual because when I was little I really liked just like feeling appreciated by my like dad's friends or my grand- grandparents friends that like oh your kid can speak such well Mandarin such good Mandarin and I remember when I was little I would like always google my dad's blog and I would be feel so proud and I'm like whoa I'm on his blog and I didn't even know he had like a few thousand followers I thought he was just writing it because he wanted to but like oh well, he was but like it just felt really cool so just having like this tool in your life is honestly something that's like once you get it it's yours so everything you use in mandarin it's yours and it's for yourself to expand in the future right i'm sure as like a nine-year-old child they won't understand this or anything but i feel like just it's more the parent just has to keep on persevering and just kind of creating that ecosystem for their children it's definitely really hard Uh, my the mom and dad definitely had their struggles but just I feel like if you always just prioritize it the most you can always find a way to get through with it like um like my honestly because everything my dad kind of taught us in Mandarin so it was like such a high priority priority for him right so like he would be so busy with his work but he would like come home and the main thing I remember when we were little was we would have uh, nannies from Taiwan come and live with us so we would maybe like have a nanny like every half a year or one year probably when I was like I would say three to like maybe 10 at most. So they would speak Mandarin to us and they would kind of take care of us more because my parents are both physicians. So they were busy, very busy back in the day. So we had them to help us with Mandarin. And my dad would kind of go to work, come back very tired, but he would practice Mandarin with us, watch TV with me, help me do my math homework. So he put in that time and just so much effort into that and I do definitely feel like it paid off and just and and even like the resources I was um listening to the podcast from this other mom and she was saying how like before she didn't really have the financial necessities to buy like your whole library of Chinese books and that's completely fine it's it's as I said it's not what you read it's kind of just how much you practice it so you don't need to have like the best books or anything as long as they're in Mandarin and you can keep on reading it until you're like it's like well versed in your mind then it's completely fine so use what you have but it's uh, especially for younger kids it's definitely the parent's responsibility or just kind of it's definitely hard but as long as they kind of prioritize it more it's definitely um something that will be very worthwhile for their kid in the future well it sounds like the message we're hearing is listen to your parents in the <laughs> end it will, it will work out that's what I get from the end conclusion of that TED talk there no uh, I think you know you you should be very proud of yourself as well um you I know your father put in that ecosystem for you and your sister but you also did the work too so you and your sister should be very proud of where you guys are and especially your Chinese level because that is, you know, as Grace and I have very young children and kind of are in the thick and thin of it and elementary phases and really can sympathize a lot with what your parents are trying to do and hope we can even achieve somewhat of what your dad did with you guys. So last question, I guess, like what's next for you and your Chinese journey? I think you mentioned that it's helped you with your college application process. And it sounds like you would ideally, if you're able to 
utilizes in a career or some sort of way to help others, you would love to do that too. Um, so personally, for me, I definitely wish in the future, well, the overall goal is that my kids can speak Mandarin. I know it's very early, but just kind of the way my dad has always like engraved the message, like my grandkids need to speak Mandarin. So it's just like, I honestly wish in the future as a mother, I'll be able to have my kids speak fluent Mandarin. But for me right now, maybe in like the near future, my goal is to honestly kind of obviously is to maintain it, right? As I don't, when I go to college, I'm not going to be able to practice as much. And my sister, she's in college. She's in a double major, a bio and Chinese double major. So she actually takes a lot of Chinese classes. So I also want to do that in the future. Um, Something I'm really interested in in the future is actually learning more about the um the history aspect. So just Chinese history. I know my dad has always made me like read a lot of the like just learn a lot about the Chinese history, like like during like like Qing Chao or just different dynasties. So I'm I actually grew a very heavy interest in just Chinese history. It's something I actually really want to learn. One of my biggest goals right now is to be able to travel to China and go visit um the royal palace there just from all of the sea dramas I've watched I'm dying to go there and actually see it for myself so in the future I hope in college I'll be able to take some classes on that and um overall I just want to make sure practice I make sure I can maintain it because I know it gets very hard even right now something I do for just extracurricular is actually tutor some kids in Taiwan on their English through uh, the, the Taiwanese organization I mentioned in the beginning we have opportunities to tutor them on English and something I realized is like while we're conversing I have to be like oh this in Chinese I have to be like like an English word will be on the board and I'm like oh it's this in Chinese and it, it'll be like a very basic Chinese word and I'll be like I don't remember it so just some of like the most basics I even like I, I forget sometimes it's honestly very common I have to like search it up so I kind of just want to make sure I can get that down and kind of just make sure I don't forget it because it doesn't matter how old you are if you don't practice it it's harder it's you're gonna uh you're not you know you're gonna forget some of it right which is fine but I just hope in the future I can uh, maintain to a certain level so I can be able to practice it with my kids I know it's definitely doable because my parents they 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 spoke in English when they were married and it wasn't until they had kids my dad was like okay we have to speak Mandarin around the kids. And my mom was like, okay. And honestly, my mom speaks more English in the house than I do because she works all day with parent, patients who speak English. So she'll come home and then she'll be like, like, like wash. And she'll be like, like, um, uh the bar tie like the like I don't know what she's trying to say but like 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 clean the bar and then she'll be like bar tie or like like load the dishwasher she see and I'm just like okay so but um that's kind of what I hope I can at least maintain to a certain level of proficiency and then another thing is in the career field I hope I can be able to utilize it as I've mentioned before my mom she's working as an oncologist and a main factor to her patients to uh, her attention the what draws her patients to her is that she can speak Mandarin right so she uses it a lot in her work because a lot of just Chinese patients or Taiwanese patients come and look for her and they they'll talk in Mandarin they feel more comfortable they kind of it's it's like a it's a um like a familiar face right so it makes them more comfortable so hopefully in the future if I can find some way to utilize my Chinese to help other people that's definitely at least something I want to I want to uh, try in the future too
but I would say that's it for me. And thank you so much for having me here. I've always grown up having like my dad have everything about my sister and I on the internet, which honestly, like we're just used to it by now. But like when the, when you guys reached out and I was like, wow, it's my turn. Someone wants to like talk to me specifically. I was like, Baba, look at look, look at this, right? But it's it's like honestly such a milestone for me just because I feel like I've kind of made it there where people want to ask me about it instead of like my, my obviously my dad it was all thanks to my dad but like I'm at a place where I can kind of showcase my kind of um skills which I'm very grateful for this chance yeah like we said before I'm sure he's very very proud of you and you know just hearing your journey and especially all the work that you and your family have done with this and also what you hope to do next. We're very excited. Hopefully in a couple years, we can kind of see where you are and maybe um, you can give us an update on your life. Yeah, I would love to do that in the future. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. This was great and we will speak to you soon. Thank you.